0: Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. A good morning and a good day to you. A good morning. Welcome to a JoJo's World, JoJo's World Tour, the bit where we watch the other shows (laughs) on this, our JoJo's World Recapping Discussion Podcast, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Recapping Discussion Podcast, Mm. I should say. Specifically about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Where today we are recapping and discussing the fourth episode of Castlevania, available on... Netflix. Stan. Nope. Uh... Hulu. No. Uh, Amazon Prime. The episode is entitled Monument. And I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. Narnie Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. And this is JoJo's World. Hashtag JoJo's World World Tour. Are we going on a world tour oh, Liam, can we go on no, a world tour? Because we can't. We weren't <laughs> gonna We weren't gonna talk about the whole situation, but travel restrictions are in place. God damn it. <laughs> I would genuinely love one day to do a world tour where we go to like all the different little cities and be like, Hi everyone and there's like one guy there who's like, Hi, I own the establishment. We'll be like, Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, you do. Yeah. And let me tell you about how good it is. They'll be like, Oh, the compliment. I would love that. So, Nick. Yes. Castlevania. What's that? It's a little show about a little game called Castlevania. Uh, About a young man called Johnny Castlevania. Otherwise known as Dracula. (laughs) He's a lawyer. He needs to solve the big case. (laughs) He's Castlevania. He's Castlevania. You're out of line. No, your honour. Because look. Blee. (laughs) Because he's also a vampire. Oh, I get it. He just, like, hits his button and then his, everything magically turns into his castle. He's like, how dare you? You can't own this land, but your honour, this is my land. What? Hits the button. Everything starts transforming. We're in Dracula's castle now. All the demons start coming out of the walls. The judge is like, I thought this was my courtroom. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to stop talking for so long so that I can read the <laughs> synopsis. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue with your precious podcast. Belmont strives to save Gregit from certain doom and comes face to face with a shocking truth. He does. Does he though? Yeah, of course he does. He's shocked. The shocking truth is there's a guy. Yeah, it's just pretty shocking. And he thinks the guy is another guy, but turns out it's not that guy. But he is related to that guy, but he doesn't agree with that guy. He's kind of that guy, A but not really. Tru- what if the shocking truth is that Cypher can use magic? Oh, so it's not at all related to the big twist. No. <laughs> it's like he just gets to the bottom and he's like, Cypher, I didn't know that you could use magic. And she's like, yeah, I told you in the first time we met. Like, oh. I wasn't listening. We skipped over that when we cut and pasted everything. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's, we just edited the episode incorrectly, so I didn't pay any attention. So there's a heap of torches in the night. We're getting right into it. Let's see if anything else we want to cover. Um, no, I think torches in the night. We okay. can start here. We can start with torches in the night. So all these torches in the night. Uh, everyone. Like There's this really like awkwardly lingering shot of everyone rushing past the big church. It lasts for like 10 seconds. Yes. There's so much to take in though. <laughs> there's just a church and then there's some torches. And some angry villagers are like, witchcraft. Oh witch. <laughs> and the bishop is inside in his big dark church room standing at the... Um, the, the altar? Palpit. The pulpit—that's what it's called. Uh, The big dais bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just being there, like I'm the bishop. (laughs) He's looking down ominously, like someone from fucking liar game, and being like, "Yeah, what's uh, liar game? Liar game is a manga about." I'm not interested. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's about people who are forced to play play a game. Yep, yep. Uh, And that game. Mario Party 8. You're not far off. Basically, it's just a bunch of, like, game theory, the manga. And it's really good. Like Kaiji. Yes, except way more math. Is it better than Kaiji? In ways, yes. Nick, I was surprised you didn't put Kaiji in your March Madness bracket. Well, here's the thing about that, is that if we were going to watch Kaiji, it would take us, like, literal months to get through a single game. We could have just done the boat arc, though. Yeah, but the boat arc isn't the best bit. Boat arc rules, though. Yeah, when I stopped watching. Yeah, but the best bit is just having the narrator be like, Kaiji. So there's this guy. Kaiji. His name's Kaiji. He's got a big nose. He's got a lot of debt, but it's not his fault. Everyone has a big nose in that show. And he gets sucked into this boat and, <laughs> and the boat is like uh, you've got to do card game rock paper scissors and if you can get rid of all your cards you get to have you get to bring us the girl and wipe away your debt uh, and Kaiji's all like I'm in and then he he's in and he loses a lot and then he gets sent to ultimate loser hell but then he escapes ultimate loser hell and then Kaiji why well, he doesn't get his debt wiped away at all <laughs> they're all like oh that was a lie and he's like what? A lie? I don't want it to be a lie. And like, well, guess what, punk? It was a lie. And that's it. That's the whole show. And Kaiji's like, no, I guess I am the ultimate loser. (laughs) Oh my God. That fucking ultimate loser just keeps happening throughout the entire show. Where it's like, could Kaiji win? No. No, he lost again. Ah, what a loser. And you're like, yeah, he really is the ultimate loser. God, I love that show. The Liar game is like that, except a lot more like, but you see, the probability of this happening is 1 in 3,000. The probability? Oh no! Everyone's like a friggin' C-3PO. The odds of this happening are 776 billion to 1. I wish that was a joke, <laughs> but it's really true. <laughs> There's literally an entire, like, chapter where they're just saying, they being like, but hang on, the odds of that happening are 1 in 26. Ah, but you haven't thought it through. 1 in 26... Or one in 72. What? Consider this simple diagram I've drawn. And it's like, in round one, this happens. And then in round two, this happens. And it's just a whole bunch of like, really well drawn out diagrams and of things happening. <laughs> when do they get but, the time to draw that? Yeah, literally that. Considering it's like, you have six minutes to discuss and you're reading it. And it takes you like 20 minutes to read it. He's like, when did he draw this? Like, what? And, yes. and you say this is good. I do. As a man who loves math, so the bishop is in there being real smug, and he's all like, <laughs> "And we're seeing like the back of his head with the huge church doorway, like in the far distance, but mm. we can't really make it out. But we do see from the crack of light that, it, and the huge banging of the church doors that it opens and closes. But the church is enshrouded in darkness. <gasps> darkness. What and could it like, mean? Who's that?" Are the speakers dead? And then like a clear like doom voice is like, no, but I'm here. Well, no, no, no. He, he's like, the voice is like, no. And then the bishop is like, well, get back out there and do it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it almost sounds human. <laughs> if, if Almost, if but not. <laughs> if, you know, you were 30 feet tall uh, and had smoked a pack of cigarettes every day since you were two months old. They, they have to die before the sun goes down for God's stuff. Well, guess what? Sun's already down. What's up? I'm a big devil dog thing. A hellhound? I got like human hands, but a dog face with tusks and five eyes. And he's, he's like spider eyes that are glowing blue, mm-hmm. big fangs and like spiked teeth coming out from this giant Tuskos. dog mouth thing. Uh, a big old snout. Uh, he's oh, got. He's a good boy. <laughs> he's got uh, like massive spikes coming out the back of his fur. Yeah. Uh, he, I, yeah. I, if I had to rate his challenge ranking in a sort of numerical fashion, mm-hmm. I would say he is physically equivalent to thirty to fifty feral hogs. What the, what the hell is a feral hog? Did you not? Did you? Did that meme miss you by? Yeah. This came by. Um, like, it was some asshole like, trying to, like, come up with some big checkmate in American gun control debate. Yeah. Being like, well, if I have to get rid of my automatic rifle, how am I going to keep my kids safe from the 30 to 50 feral hogs that try to swarm them when they go outside? <laughs> okay. All right. So now all challenge ratings are, man, this is probably equivalent to about 30 to 50 feral hogs. Yeah, exactly. A true challenge. Yeah. Oh my God. What? Yeah, I'll pull out the tweet for, for sociological purposes. Please, by all means. This anthropological find must be confirmed. Take first Google result oh when my I typed God. in 30 to 50. 30 to 50 feral hogs. Know your meme. Okay, so this was a response to a tweet from... This is what the podcast is now. <laughs> So we have these tweets, you say. Jason Isbell says, If you're on here arguing the definition of assault weapon today, you are part of the problem. You know what an assault weapon is and you know you don't need one. And then William McNabb replies, Legit question for rural Americans. How do I kill the 30 to 50 feral hogs that run into my yard within three to five minutes while my small kids play? (laughs) (laughs) They're so fast and there's so many of them. They're so agile, live and dangerous. What? what kind of. Okay, sure. That's dumb. <laughs> wow. So, does this mean that it's been, uh, shall we say, reappropriated for meme? And lib underscore crusher weighed in and said, hate when 30 to 50 feral hogs run into my yard as my kids play, forcing me to dual wield AR 15s as I mow them down. <laughs> Oh, man. And now you know the rest of the memes. Oh, I'm so glad I know memes, you know? This is what our podcast is now. Like, legitimately, if I was living in the 1800s, I would be a much sadder human being for not having memes. Yeah, Richard Dawkins hadn't invented the term yet. Oh, man. Just imagine what it'd be like. And, uh... Of course, monsoon, the uh, north wind, or whatever the fuck he is, would not have perfected the explanation of Richard Dawkins' uh, definition of memes by Metal Gear risingly exclaiming, "Memes, the DNA of the soul." Mm, classic. And I guess. I guess. Just the real takeaway that we should all just meditate on for a little while. Why are you folding your legs? Why are you? My legs have been folded this whole time. Oh my god. Um, palming my hands together as if in prayer Mm. to be thoughtful is that Uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 was prescient and accurately predicted an age in which digital information was manipulated to manipulate the lives and thoughts of people in society mm. Almost as though Kojima's a fucking genius. Almost as though last year he released a game about people being shut up in their own homes and not being able to touch anyone else. Mm. And now that's the life we all live. We're not talking about that today. Moving on. (laughs) Is this entire podcast Nick and Liam attempt to skirt the event? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) So anyway. uh, So the big devil dog. Yeah, this guy is all like, what? You cannot be in the house of God. You're a big hellhound. Your God is not here. This is an empty box. What? Of course he's here. I've I've been a good boy for God. You've been a bad boy for God. Are you going to see the new Bad Boys movie, Bad Boys for God? (laughs) (laughs) It's got a Blues Brothers style plot where Uh, they have to save the uh, the nunnery. Ah, classic. (laughs) They arrive and they're like, yo, what up, bitches? You cannot say that. (laughs) Smashes them with a ruler. And what's the... Will Smith guy's like, Ah, fucking nuns. Hey, so sorry, so sorry. He can't help himself. He's real bad. Fucking nuns. I'll fucking murder them all. Nah, man, keep it cool. Keep it cool. Ah, he's like, Your God's love does not unconditional For You see, he does not love us and nor does he love you. Your life's work would make him puke. I like to imagine the image of God puking. (laughs) Just being like, Oh, look, a new species of animal. Could God set in motion a series of events? Uh, hang on, no, scratch that. Could God do a puke so big that oh, even God. he couldn't clean it up? <laughs> that even he couldn't ooh, hold it in? Ooh, a logical question. <laughs> well? I mean, I, I don't know if I can answer this. I'd need to do a philosophy degree to really, uh, to really, you know, well, really, uh... fuck we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we wake up one morning and we're like, Hey, what if we discuss philosophy on the show? And then we just end the show. But I'm the Bishop of Greshit. That doesn't mean shit. <laughs> she, she was a witch. We had to burn her. Is that what you tell yourself? A nice little lie in the house of God? No wonder he has abandoned you. But we love you. Give me a smooch. No, m- no, m- no don't smooch me. <laughs> and, uh, then, and then she, he lifts him up and we see, we, like, we cut down to his feet, the bishop's feet, as he drops his cross and then big plumes blood. of blood. Yep. He's lifted up uh, by the scruff, I imagine. And not I at get, all by the spine. And he's given a big, smoochy kiss. <laughs> <laughs> imagine your dog, except, like, instead of coming up to you and licking you, he's, like, devouring you. Imagine eating you. 30 to 50 feral hogs. Coming at you fast. Mm. And you're not equipped you with two AR-15s. your ar AR-15s, a AR ready to go. This is how fucked this priest is. Mm-hmm. The bishop is dead. That's a wrap on Arsehole Bishop. Yeah, um, let's let's yeah. flash back to some of our favourite Arse. Actually, I think he's in a flashback in the start of season two, mm. he's tearing up Lisa's house. But let's flash back to some of our favourite Bishop of Greswich moments. Dun, 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 so we had the moment where he was all like. She must burn because she's a witch. And the moment where he was like, I'm giving you a gift, Belmont. You must leave town. Uh, That bit when he was all like, I won't judge you for your enjoyment. That bit where he's like, Wait, what? Yes, he will. That's his whole thing. What? No, no, with the with the guy, the um, the the mayor of the town. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. I wouldn't judge you for that, mayor. Right, right. But perhaps God would have a different opinion or something. <laughs> I don't okay. know. I like how you... What does your impression of him remind me? Of? Oh, your impression of the Bishop <laughs> of Crescent reminds me of Tom Hardy's Bane. What? You mean Deckard Cain? No, Bane. No, 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 they have the same voice. Uh, I don't, Deckard, Deckard I Cain. I haven't seen the new Blade Runner. No, 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 not... Not Blade Runner Deckard no. Cain. Deckard Cain from um, Diablo. I, no, I haven't done that. Okay, so in Diablo 3, Deckard Kane, mm. who is like the old man... Is he voiced by Tom Hardy? No, but he sounds almost exactly like Bane if he wasn't wearing the well, mask. Anyway, my point is that your impression of the bishop is like, No, Trevor, you merely adopted the darkness. <laughs> no. See, I knew God <laughs> from the very beginning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Stay a while and listen. That's it, that's all you need. Okay. So we've confirmed that Deckard Kane was the priest of uh What's the name of the guy in Blade Runner that I was thinking of? Uh Decker. Okay. I can't remember what his actual name is, but it's Decker. And he himself is a Blade Runner. Born from the ashes of time immemorial Shut to up. find <laughs> the dudes that aren't human. The not unicorn. Well, and then we cut to like stained glass windows of Jesus watching on mournfully. Yeah, which is very ominous. (laughs) And then we pan up even more and there are demons on the church flying away to murder everyone in Gretchen. Meanwhile, Trevor Belmont is still running through alleyways. He's breathing heavily now. Uh, we get some good moments of him being like, oh God, oh God, I'm fucked. And some randos are like, where is he? Let's get him. Oh, he went that away. No, oh, he went this away. Hey, small child, have you seen where that man went? And then the small child, who is Giorno Giovanna, points uh, and, <laughs> and 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 the, the grass has grown up over Trevor, allowing him to catch his breath and survive. Ah. And that's why I, Giorno Giovanna, want to be a vampire hunter. <laughs> Etc. Like my grandfather before me. And so we open. No, my father before me. My grandfather died. Wait, no, because Jorno's father was Dio, but it was also Jonathan. Ah, I see what you're saying. Mm. I see what you're getting at. Weird. Still weird. Jorno is the synthesis ending of Mass Effect 3. Uh, But wasn't the synthesis ending the only ending? No. Oh. Okay. No, that was never the case. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I thought the whole point was that no matter what you picked, the ending was always the same. So what the the point is? No matter what you pick, the animation was always the same. It was just a different colored beam of laser oh, that shot out. okay. But then they did a patch and added like some more variations. They added a patch that added more variations. Yeah, it was still bad. <laughs> yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mass Effect 3 people, for reminding you of this obviously traumatic event. Do not talk about the event, Liam. So Trevor runs into a big town square and there's a bunch of guys being like, Oh, well, well, what's all this then? You came to the wrong square, big boy. It's hip to be a square. Um, Someone is like laying down newspaper everywhere like, Oi! You ever heard of Ewe Lewis in the news? And I understand what this bit is. What's American Psycho. <laughs> okay. And uh, Trevor's all like, No, I, I don't think I have. And they're all like, Well, they're really good. And then uh, they pull out an axe and they do a little jaunt and then they go behind Trevor and Trevor's all like, Am I drunk right now? And they're like, I don't know. This reference has gotten out of air. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're losing the reins on this one. <laughs> all, the, all the dudes are going to advance on Trevor. But then a big line of fire runs across the ground. <gasps> and they're like, Oh, fire bad. <laughs> but that's... That can't be happening. The fire should only be on their torches. Mm, that's Trevor where can't... it lives. Trevor in the Trevor torches can't make... in the fireplaces. And what? also coming out of the mouths of those demon dogs over there. But this is bad. Trevor's not a demon dog. He's a normal man. And then it makes a perfect ring around Trevor. And Cypher is over there on the roof doing like... um Sick magic bullshit. She, she likes makes like a gun gun shape with her <laughs> fingers. Twin with, AR-15 yeah, motion. And she's like doing... uh Magic Uh, shit. What's the thing that um, people do in the park? Hand gestures. The thing people do in the park? Oh, Tai Chi. Yeah, he's like doing Tai Chi motions. Uh, I get you. Except magic. Yeah. (laughs) Magic Tai Chi. And she's all like, yo, I can do magic. And Trevor's all like, you didn't tell me you could do magic. the hell, man? (laughs) You didn't ask. And then everyone just groans and it's like, don't give us that shit. They're all like, she's a witch. And Cypher's like, no, I am a scholar of magic and I serve no demon and do no evil. Anyway, ice blast. And then blasts literally everyone in the town square. (laughs) With ice. And then, then once they have all recovered from that, the circle of flames has like turned into like a, uh, a keyhole shape, giving a pathway for Trevor Belmont to ah, walk away. It's sort of like a, a circle with a little corridor. So he's walking away, and then he stops and he's like, "You, that <laughs> asshole, other priest, the one that I haven't killed yet. Hey, hey, come here." I want to fuck with you. Yeah. So this priest is all like, hey, come on, everyone. Let's kill him together. And Trevor's like, no, not together. Just you and me, mate. Look, you can get others to do your bidding, but you're probably a little shit alone, aren't you? Yeah. I, you're, you're real powerful trying to get people he says, on your side. I was quite taken by this quote, so I wrote it down. He said, you're very big at telling other people what to do. Yeah. It's like he is quite a large man, too. He is a large man. It's just like, it's one of those things that's like, pretty fucking rich not to fight me on my terms and have other people do your bidding. And hmm. Trevor does that thing where he like throws his arms like to his side and so that his palms oh, are facing he upwards. He's like, have any of these people ever seen a priest hold a knife before? And then we cut to the crowd as they're murmuring and we saw in the subtitle it was like, A priest holding a knife. Mm, Yes, yes, such insolence. Mm. (laughs) I just love that it's like, no, not in this day and age. (laughs) Insolence in this economy? My God, we can't have this. Come on, fight me, priest guy. Come on. The flames go away and he's all like, come on, guys, let's fight him together. And Trevor's like, no, fight me alone, you little bitch. you got no problem lying to the people. No problem turning them on innocent speakers. And Trevor's, you know... Tearing him a new one and being like, yeah, no, it wasn't me that brought about the demons. It was you killing that quote unquote witch. Mm. And then everyone's like, this guy has a pretty good point, doesn't yeah, he? he makes... Oh, man. <laughs> Can't believe this is a um, charismatic aristocrat owns liberal priest. <laughs> 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 Fucking Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> There's a really good video um, that parodies those sort of dumb like Ben Shapiro argument things. Yeah, uh, where the the it's it's like set in a university lecture hall, and the um the subject they're arguing about is um like a fictional children's book called like Mister Mouse's Special Afternoon Tea or something like that. Mm. Uh, and the the one quote that always sticks with me is the the. You know, it's all parody, but this quote-unquote student who's getting quote-unquote owned uh, says, uh, like, if Mr Mouse is a special mouse and the guy who's playing the arsehole keeps butting in going, like, define special mouse. Yeah. Define special mouse. Yeah. (laughs) That phrase really really sticks with me. (laughs) So if I ever start shouting "define special mouse" at you on the podcast, that's what that is. This is the safe word <laughs> yeah. now. This is just me explaining memes. The episode. <laughs> to be fair, it could be far worse, Liam. It could be far. It could be me explaining memes. <laughs> ah, defi- Do not explain the meme. Define special mouse, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, priest guy's all like sweating. Intensely as this fucking asshole noble has just come in and, and he's totally all, cucked him in front of all the villagers. And just like, I'm feeling I'm feeling really pressured right now to do something, but I don't know what to do. And, uh, and then all the villagers just start stabbing him, Caesar style. And Trevor's like, Well, alright, I'll let them do that, I guess. <laughs> just after he had just done a big rant about how they were all innocent. <laughs> <laughs> a big rant about a how. I mean these these poor sheeple are being <laughs> Caught into Wake your up, web of words. I've <laughs> been caught into your web of words. They shouldn't do that. They should think for themselves, shouldn't they? And then they all start doing exactly what he says. Yes, yes. Do what I say. Yes. I'm Trevor Belmont. Excellent. I I'm going to go this way now. I recently finished Assassin's Creed Origins, the Ancient Egypt one. Yeah. Uh, and spoilers for that. Uh, but towards the end, you uh, attend and participate in the famous uh, stabbing of Julius Caesar. Julius yeah. Caesar on the uh, Senate floor. Okay. Uh, but the way that they positioned their character models for, um, you know the the famous like "Et tu, Brute?" Yeah, uh, element of that assassination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brutus is definitely stabbing Caesar right in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like literally just shing, like his and arm, you, his Brute. arm goes down to like his thigh, and then it cocks up and is hitting him like distinctly below the belt in his sash. So, et tu brute you too would stab me in the dick <laughs> Hmm. Uh, um. one of the greatest assassinations of ancient history ladies and folks kind of undercut by the silliness of modern A uh, sensibilities modern A modern A modern A sensibilities oh modern A this one's getting out of hand <laughs> uh, so they all kill the priest and Trevor's like my work here is done then the whole town explodes And uh, he's all like, fuck. Now, I I really like this next sequence. This involves, like... Trevor leading the pack. Yes, but what it involves that I really like is it's that sort of folklore stuff about, like, salt bad for demons Mm. and and Hollywood is obvious, but it still counts. Consecration. Yeah. Yep. Like, I'm really into, like, that sort of, like, you know, like, fairies are repelled by iron and things like that. I like when that stuff shows up in fiction. Mm. No, it's good because then in a... You have fun rules that they don't really mean that much. <laughs> we all know rules are really fun. <laughs> Guys, doesn't everyone love math? I love math. No, it's like a fun little thing where you can be like, oh, I feel like playing off this. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Where if, like, in true blood, vampires need blood, but they can also get it from fake blood, you know? It's like that. Okay. And then you can play off that where it's like, but what if real blood just tasted better? What mm. if. You know, people like morally were like, but real blood's not morally right. But what if others were like, no, it's morally superior. And it's like, you can play off the nice fun things. So Trevor is like, all villagers go to the other side of the square, but not you. And then one guy's like, oh, why me? As he holds a giant spear. Yeah. All, All pikemen and long weapons need to get in two rows of six over here. And so they all do. Yeah. And uh, a hey, hey, you look—you look like a priest, and then it's like the nicest-looking priest we've seen all show. He's just, so innocent and just scared. He looks like a regular guy, uh, but I'm sure, mere minutes ago, he was helping lead this lynch mob. <laughs> it's like I need a guy who is ordained in a church. You there? Go find some water. I got my um, I got my celebrant's license online. Trevor just looks down. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! That'll do. Make this water holy. Yeah. You know, holy water. So, okay. So he says, go get some water. You know what to do with it for the aspersion. And I, I feel like that's fine. But then later, uh, they have to make it really explicit where he's like, ha, huh, I guess that priest could make holy water after all. Because at the time I'd be like, what the fuck is, it? is that? Is aspersion holy water? And then they're like, yes. It's like, oh, thank God. Thank God I was that dumb. Thank you. I was not that dumb. I had oh. context clues. Oh, uh, I really like this next bit they do. So they, they use the holy water and then Cypher does her ice magic to make like holy walls of ice. Which is sick. Yeah. Also Trevor is like, hey everyone, we need all the salt you can find. And then we cut to um, like a bunch of villagers just like slamming down rows of salt buckets. And I think the shot of Trevor shouting, I think I wrote down the quote exactly. Um, you were very keen to turn this into a gif. No, I just wrote down big salt. (laughs) Well, okay. They put down all the salt buckets one by one and you went, oh, this would be a good gift. No, no, I think the thing with Trevor saying it is the better. Yeah. The better. Which we can't remember what he says. Yeah, but he's like, I need all the salt you you have. (laughs) Ah, yes, that'll do nicely. (laughs) And, like, he grabs some of the salt and he, like, throws it. Yep. Everyone wipe your blade with salt because it kills demons. Remember, tell your friends. Trooper Belmont (laughs) demon-killing course is available for reasonable rates. Excuse me, sir, how much is it available for? We'll talk about that in the morning. I've had some dried goat here. It's all for you, lady. (laughs) So they come and Cypher make... So, like, there's, like, three or four, like, of those standard, like, goblin demons. And then one, possibly the same devil dog creature. I think it's it's either the same or it's the same offshoot of the thing yeah, that we saw before. It's the same genus. But it's like, it must be the same one, right? Because it talks again. Oh, it's the only one that can talk. Yeah. Like a talking dog. Yeah. And it's like, some one of them walks up, it's like, I'm sorry, do you think the only ones that can talk are the ones with blue eyes? That's extremely discriminatory. <laughs> So when, when they enter the square, Cypher walls them in with walls of ice. And one of them touches the wall and is like, ow. Don't Ooh, like that at all. Oh, freezing cold is actually burning hot for us. And Trevor's being like the captain here now, dog. Um, and he is uh, like, pikeman, four steps forward. And then in the same breath, he's like, Cypher, close the door behind them. And I thought he was telling yeah. her to lock the pikemen in. With so the did I. And I was like, <laughs> what? that's a bad idea. <laughs> oh. Even the first time I watched it, that's what I thought he meant. But no, the door on the other side closes. So now the the only way out for the demons is through the pikemen. Which I'm sure the pikemen are very excited about. I'm sure they've just gone, we're locked in with them. And Trevor's like, no, 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 they're locked in with you. It's like, no, we're locked in with them. One of these things could just shoot a fireball from its mouth and kill them all now. But it doesn't. True, it could. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think about that. Uh, the standard sort of routine here is that one of them tries to leap over the the forward, the front row of pikes. So the second row of pikes raise their them up on Trevor's, Trevor's command and impale it. Beautiful. Good thing it couldn't use its wings to fly away. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Trevor's all like, all right, now just um, cut him down. Cut him down. And so... all, the, all the other people with bladed weapons run in and start chopping it up. Which is great, because they're very eager. you got to appreciate the teamwork. Hmm. Well, you know, when you're not being led by a power-hungry, corrupt priest, mm-hmm. things go your way. S- some good... Another good cypher move. Trevor throws a bucket of holy water. She freezes it, then turns it into knives of ice. And him. this is the first example we're going to see of, like... Compared to the other two, I think Cypher really punches above her weight. Yes. <laughs> Cypher, is, magic is OP. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed this, but magic but even is like, always OP. Like, I feel like there's one particular cut scene that I, uh, fight scene that I remember from near the end of season two, where they're all fighting these other vampires. And like, Trevor and Alucard are like doing fine. But Cypher is just, just like melting people and slicing them in half with ice. and <laughs> It's just like... I'm telling you, magic is always OP <laughs> yeah. in every piece of media <laughs> yeah. ever made, mm-hmm. except for ones with like hard limits where it's like a fighter can do this, and then the only reason the magician doesn't win is because, oh no, I can't do it in this very specific circumstance. In here, no, no, just more magic. More magic, more good. Trevor does a big cool whip, and a demon explodes, and he's like, it's consecrated. For killing demons and vampos. For killing vampos? Mm. Oh, that might come in handy. Huh. So um, there's some more sort of fights, like the swords are cutting uh, and and Cypher at one point like crushes one under a big rock of ice. And we're all like, yay, the yeah, good the guys. Tre- then the big one comes at Trevor and Trevor's like, no. And then Cypher's like, oh, I got this. She's over like on the side, like with a cocktail on a recline and just like raising one hand lazily, like, yep. And then like big spikes of ice shoot up through the ground and impale the big guy. And he's all like, you don't think you can win, do you? In his big evil voice I which is re- probably more like you don't think you can win there's an army of us an army from Hell. whip whip and he explodes <laughs> yeah. it's consecrated we did <laughs> it demons and vampires <laughs> oh okay yeah where can I get one of those <laughs> well that's the thing you can't it's a Belmont band well if you haven't A priest over there who can consecrate the water. Surely he can consecrate more weapons for people. No, he asperses the Or do you have to consecrate the weapons when you make them? Ooh. I don't know. It feels like it must be when you make them, surely. Otherwise it's cheating. Yeah, otherwise it's cheating, right? Because otherwise the salt would serve no purpose. Well, not if you didn't have a priest around. Ah. But don't... Okay, so clearly Trevor does still believe in God in some way because he acknowledges the power of a priest to create holy water which has a tangible effect on demons. Yeah, but that's not saying... But he doesn't believe in the institution of the church. Yes, yes. Okay, we got there. Yeah, <laughs> this is a nuanced but acceptable line of thinking. <laughs> anyway, they're all like, we did it, and the floor collapses beneath them. Now, this is one of my problems I have with this show, is that the floor collapses a lot. This feels a bit like, oh, we're running short on time, we need to get these two into Alucard's room, what's the quickest way we can do that? Well, what if it was underneath Greshit? Well, it already is. Oh, What if the floor just gave way for no reason? <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And they fall. Literally nothing has happened to instigate this and they just fall. I like, there's a bit of good platforming here, um, which I quite enjoy. Um, There's a bit where the floor is giving away beneath them again and Cypher does like a running fast spell to escape. (laughs) Which is great. Yep. Um, Uh, Trevor and Jumps and they're both on um, like big clock cog. I think there's always like a clock tower themed area in Castlevania games. Yeah, I think it's always Dracula's Castle, right? No, but, like, there's the there's the whole castle and there's always, like, a clock tower area. Ah, uh, probably. Mm. Something to do with uh, Dracula's castle, probably. <laughs> sure. Thanks. <laughs> no worries, man. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> hey, um, did you know that we're watching Castlevania right now? Oh. Yeah, which is to do with Dracula. It's like a Dracula's castle sort of show. There's also a bit where, like, big clock pistons start closing around them and they have to run. Uh, Cypher's all like, oh, fuck. And Trevor's all like, yep, I know what to do here. We run Outwards. I was quite impressed by how they do this whole sequence without dialogue. Like, they sort of communicate all of their, like, various, like, oh, fucks, through just expressions and, mm. like, annoyed grunts. Mm. Which is good. Mm. I always like it when uh, shows can pull off stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. They end up in, like, this, like, cage of iron beams, which then also collapses. And they fall through the f- through the down to the floor through a big plume of dust into even more floor and then down into, like, a secret chamber. So, so alright guys, it's me, Trevor Belmont, today we're speedrunning a la subterranean catacombs. What you gotta do, is if you time your falls just right, now you gotta take a bit of damage doing this, so make sure you have your Estus flask. <laughs> <laughs> if you time your falls just so, mm-hmm. and hit just the right spots, mm-hmm, you will yep. not take lethal damage mm-hmm. and you can skip the whole dungeon and end up down in the boss chamber. Mm. So what he's doing here is uh, it's an advanced technique called uh, the floor giving way, where if you if you just wait long enough, the floor will give way. Now, we are going to spend a minute in this iron cage waiting for the bars to wear out. So I uh, this could be a good moment to read some donations. Mm, uh, shout out to uh, everyone that's been working on the tech for this game, like mm-hmm, the, uh, the mm-hmm. floor giving way. That was found out by my favourite speedrunner, floor giveaway Dracula face. Shout out to the speakers. We couldn't have gotten this far without them. <laughs> And uh, you know, real shout out to the church for creating holy water. You know, most valuable item in the game. (laughs) Um, great. We we did it. They end up down like it's like a much more nicely appointed chamber. It looks almost sci-fi. It's like a sort of like space-age church. Yeah, like a vampire hunter D. Room. Yeah, very, very D. Mm. It's got like little, little like, almost neon lights. Mm-hmm. or like fibre optic looking things on the floor. And be like uh, the coffin on, on the big altar in the centre of the room. Which is has, just like, floating has, there. like sort of space age gold lines running across it. Uh, everything is like sleek. Uh, and Trevor and Cypher, they're being all like, the fuck is this shit? <laughs> and they're walking forwards down this big red carpet and then Trevor steps on a pressure plate, which uh, and I guess is like um, Aloe card's, like alarm clock or like proximity alert <laughs> thing because it doesn't activate any traps or anything, it just wakes him up. And in true Bart Simpson fashion, Trevor immediately goes, I didn't do it, it wasn't me. So all this gas starts spurting out of the coffin, what's that for? Just for a cool pneumatic coffin opening effect yeah, I if assume. If you're gonna be a vampire, you may as well go all in. Although, given how space age everything is, maybe his coffin is pressurised in case he goes into space with it. Ooh, maybe. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> um, Can vampires survive the cold vacuum of space? Yes. Unclear. Yeah, confirmed. But there's yes. plenty of sunlight in space too, though, so you've got to be careful about oh, that. Oh, you're right. There is sunlight in space. Ooh. Oof. I didn't think that through. <laughs> um, so... The coffin lid sort of slides off dramatically, falls to the ground, and then out floats. He floats out, classic Dracula style, with like his arms crossed, uh, and- His just hair flowing. That thing where like he's rigid like a board. He's light as a feather, but stiff as a board. And he just goes, ooh, he's shirtless. He's got a big scar in his chest that his dad you, gave him. You were loving it. You were like, oh yes. No, I wasn't. Oh yes, here we go. He's floating. <laughs> I love floating. <laughs> um, and he just sort of floats nearby- and Trevor's all like, ah, shit. I know what that is. This is the Messiah under Gredget, the man who will save us from Dracula. Nah, I call cool bullshit. That's not him. So basically Alucard's like, hey, I'm Alucard. No, he doesn't say that. But, <laughs> but we know he's Alucard. He's Alicard. like, hey, wh- who's you, who are you? And Cypher's like, I'm here to find the sleeping soldier. And what about you? Oh, I'm just a guy. I'm just, Trevor. So, can we just point out, Alucard goes who are you people? Cypher goes, I'm looking for the sleeping Messiah that's been down here. And Alucard just brushes it off and goes, great. And why are you here? Do you have sense? Alucard knows the story. I guess. mm. Trevor's like, I fell down a hole. Wow. (laughs) I'm I'm blown away by how humans have evolved. These guys are like fire and ice. Oh, I get it. Because Trevor is... Too hot-headed for his own good. And Alucard Psy- is... is a psychopath. Alucard <laughs> <laughs> is a cold-blooded, literally psychopath. <laughs> no, he's not. He's just reserved. Oh, he's definitely cold-blooded. Is he any-blooded? Ooh. Yes, of course he is. We see him bleed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway. So they're like, oh yeah, Dracula's attacking everyone. We're looking for the guy who can help us deal with that. And do you also believe this, Trevor? I mean, Dracula's attacking, that's true. Yes, but do you you believe Trevor? She called you Belmont. House of Belmont? Yeah, I'm Trevor Belmont, baby! And I know what you are. You're a vampire. A filthy, stinking vampire. Or are are you a damn dirty ape? (laughs) Alucard's all like, What you gonna do about it, punk? Well, Belmont, do you care about the people? I didn't used to care, but then I answered the call as part of my hero's journey. And now I care. You can tell by how I shed that cloak that symbolized my rejection of my legacy. And now I'm here to fuck you up, Alucard. Oh yeah, because he's like, oh yeah, I can see his fangs. He's totally a vampire. No one knows what Dracula looks like. I love that line. Yep. Uh... (laughs) But I know that this looks like Dracula's castle, and he was sleeping in a coffin. So he's probably Dracula, so I better kill him. Cypher's all like, no, this is the sleeping messiah we've been waiting for. And Trevor's all like, nope, it's a vampire. What kind of messiah creates mechanical death traps for an uninterrupted nap in a stone coffin? Those traps were not for you. Well, you didn't tell them that. Uh, Alucard magically just, like, gets his sword from his coffin. Yes, yeah, so this is a thing he could do in the video games too, I believe. He would have, a, like, he could, a throwable sword? No, he could do, like, a telekinetic sword technique where it would hover next to him. Ah, classic. Yeah. There's a lot of good references in this show. <laughs> so he's got the sword and he's like, And you, are you truly a Belmont or merely some runt in a family crest? And then Trevor's all like, what? Are you saying there was some line about floating vampire jesus didn't really yeah that was spectacular and then card's like you have nothing but insults you tired? whip to face it's like fuck me all right oh, we're doing my this God, then they fight cool fight scene choreography is dope yeah, good like whip on sword action there's where, one really good bit where mm-hmm. uh trevor whips down below and then Alucard jumps into the air Trevor like has a little smirk, pulls back on the whip, yeah, and like then curves it in mid whip. Curves it mid whip into the air, oh. and then it slaps Alucard. And it's like, oh yes, big whip, good, good whip. times, so good. <laughs> um, um, there's then, a lot of um, hits. Eventually, uh, Alucard. Tre- Trevor wraps his whip around Alucard's sword, uh, but then Alucard is too strong with his dampier strength and he pulls the whip out of Trevor's hand and Trevor runs forward pulling his own sword and now they're having a sword fight. Uh, It's also fucking sick. Mm -hmm. Alucard has a very like um, classical fencing stance, his hand behind his back upright and he's just moving around and Trevor is just just going ham. He's going for it. (laughs) Uh, They are lock swords at one point. And Trevor is like, okay, I need to get out of this because he's gonna defeat me. He's stronger. Let me think back to all of my fighting lessons I've learned. I've got a good idea and he knees him to the balls. And that's, that's the culmination of that thing in episode one. I was, yeah, two, we, we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And it's a good joke and we all laughed out loud. And then, um, no one laughed and. <laughs> <laughs> and Alucard no sells it. And he's like, this isn't a bar fight. And then he just like pushes him away. Oh, um, then Alec uh, Trevor headbutts him, and that works. <laughs> <laughs> but then Tre- Alucard does like a big knockback attack, and then the big leap towards him, and they're fighting again. Another good reference is Alucard teleports. Oh, yeah, he, he does. He turns like, like purple yeah, and yeah, he like, does like shadow step, like kept you waiting, huh? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. that's not it. What? <laughs> I what? mean, nothing personal, kid. <laughs> uh, yep, he like shadow steps away and then appears behind Trevor. Trevor's all like, woo! I know that trick. Yeah, they do a big, big sword clash and uh, Trevor's sword breaks, but Alucard's bleeding. Ooh. And then like, it's, oh, Trevor, did he do it? Can he win? And then Alucard just punches him really hard in the nose. And just immediately jumps on top of him. all like, I could rip out your throat where you lie. And then Trevor's all like, yeah, but I'd shank I, you through I, the heart. i got a stake on your chest. There's a stake on your chest. <laughs> and he's all like, that's great, uh, but... If I guess we truly are perfect rivals because we both won. Well, no, neither of them has won. But they both agree, yeah, we could have won. Game recognised game. Uh, Cypher. And then Cypher is behind them with fire, like, hey, I'll kill you, Alucard. Um, before you even manage to rip out his throat, I'll just fucking murder you. But, but I thought I was your special boy. So did I. And but, so did. And I. he saved my life, so that kind of trumps that. Look, his goals are mine, all right? I'm here to save humanity and help people out from Dracula. Really? Me too! I'm Adrian Tepish, but you can call me Alucard. He stands up from Trevor Belmont, all his wounds immediately heal, and Trevor's like, Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, he could have just done that. Oh, no. I mean, I don't think he could heal getting staked. Yeah, but that's it's how, still... That's how that works, you know? It's still just like one of those... Shit, his like, just healed. It's like in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders, where were it not for um, Dio Brando's vampiric healing powers, Jotaro would have won that fight five times over before he did. You've, mm. It's really all or nothing with the vampires, you know? Mm. You really kind of have to take off their head and put them in sunlight, or it's really for nothing, isn't it? <laughs> or stake them through the hut. yeah. Yeah. Depending yeah, on the rules one. you're playing by. Yeah. It's good shit. Or whip them with your magical whip. Ah, it's consecrated. But it's gonna be a good enough whip to mm. whip them good. Yeah. For demons and bad. To go forward. Yeah. To move ahead. Yeah. To try to detect it. Yeah. It's not too late. Yeah. Whip it. Yeah. Whip it good. You must whip it. <laughs> 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 okay, so th- um they're all they all agree they're gonna team up and uh Alucard turns to Cypher and is like, uh I'm aware of your people's stories and how they believe that it's information from the future. Uh do you know the whole story? And then Cipher like it gets big blushy and it's like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course I do. I I know the whole story. I wonder what that's about. Oh. Uh. I I don't actually know. Romance. Oh! But why? Why would they include that? I need a hunter and a scholar to help me save Wallachia. That's right, me, Alucard. It's my story now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna be this guy. (laughs) I'm the main character. We can save Wallachia, the world, and defeat my father. So tell me, Trevor. If I have a scholar with Cypher, what do you think you are? Oh, I'm the vampire hunter. That's... Still a hunter. But Alucard, Dracula is your dad. Why would you do this? Because it's what my mother would have wanted. And cut to shot of Trevor slowly picking his whip back up as Alucard says, we are all slaves to our family's wishes. Oh, uh, symbolism. Sleeping slaves. Yep, they're all sleeping slaves. Uh, and fate is a sleeping slave. Like me. Hmm. Anyway, gotta go kill my dad now. Let's all... There's a good shot. So they're all Cypher and... um. And Alicard on either side of the screen with Trevor in the middle. The other two facing us. And then Trevor facing away from us so that we can see the big Belmont crest on his back. Ah. And then he turns and they all walk towards the camera. And that's the end of Castlevania season one. And we were all like, that was good. But if that was the whole thing, not much really happened. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. It's pretty, pretty good. Pretty Tight good. narrative. Yeah. Is there any trivia for this oh, season? Yes. Well, I've been doing the episode-by-episode episode trivia as it's come up. Uh-huh. Alucard is played by James Callis, who you might know from Battlestar Galactica. Or... Oh my god! Bridget Jones's Diary. It's what's-his-face! Who? It's, it's the guy, the, the the dude from Battlestar Galactica! You know who he looks like in this photo on the Castlevania wiki? He looks like Matt Berry's character from um, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Sure. I'm willing to believe that, yeah. Oh, I'm, I've shown you that Yeah, show you've before. shown me... Th- yeah, but that means he just looks like James... Same energy. <laughs> that just means he looks like Matt Berry. <laughs> so that guy, he's like one of the main characters in Battlestar Galactica, and he's a really fucking good actor. Okay. I never knew he was the voice of Alucard. There you go. Amazing. So tell me about Alucard. Okay, here are some notes on the conception and design of Alucard as he first appeared in Castlevania 3 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Tell me more. Okay, so um, in his first appearance he was designed by uh, T. Fujimoto and I. Arata and then his later appearances uh, were by Ayami Kojima who uh, sort of incorporated a Bishonen style of art which is like a pretty boy archetype. Ah, okay. Alucard is a man physically in his late teens with long blonde white hair. His most recurring garb is the one from Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Fitting with that game setting, Alucard wears 18th century style clothing. Black coloured jacket consisting of side seams. Oh god. Anyway, he's wearing 18th century clothing. (laughs) He also has been known to wear a cape that resembles Bella Lugosi's. Who's Bella Lugosi? Why, he was a famous Dracula actor. Ah, nice. The weapon that Alucard usually is portrayed with is the Alucard sword. A family heirloom from his mother. I mean, look... I know it's a, I know it's a name, right? It's it's a name for his sword. But could you have picked something that wasn't just the most wanky <laughs> name? Where it's like, what is the name of your sword? It is Sting. What's the name of your sword? Mine has no name. Wonderful. And what's yours, Alucard? Mine's the Alucard sword. <laughs> All right, Alucard. Okay, that's Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, in Castlevania Three, Dracula's Curse, you have to defeat Alucard himself as a boss before he'll join you. Mm. Uh, and he has the powers of um shooting balls of destruction. Yep, sounds legit. Mm-hmm. And he can transform into a bat, which consumes hearts. Ooh. And his sub-weapon is the stopwatch. The stopwatch? Slow down time or stop time. Right, okay. Then he was the play- main playable character in Symphony of the Night, which became one of the most influential Castlevania games of all time, mm-hmm. in that it uh, sort of made up the Vania portion of Metroidvania. Yep. Uh, and he's there, and he's Alucard, and he's like, oh, Richter Belmont went missing, now I've got to go defeat Dracula. Well, off I go. hmm And then I did. <laughs> and then, then he does. Yep. <laughs> really, the plots of these games are not <laughs> that difficult to wrap your head around. I don't think he's actually defeating Dracula in that. I think he's defeating people who are trying to revive Dracula or something. It doesn't uh, matter. Um okay. He's also in the modern day Castlevania games. Uh... Where we were talking about Soma Cruz, the man who is the reincarnation of Dracula. Yep, that crazy, like, there are different fighting game characters. Yes. And Alucard, like, dresses like a businessman. Oh, a Japanese government agency member. Uh, <laughs> his name is, his, his alias is Genya Arikado. Okay. What does that even mean? Genya Arikado? Well, Alucard. It's Arikado, clearly a Japanese, like, transmission oh, of Alucard. And Genya is just a, a name, I assume. Like Adrian, but Genya. <laughs> sure. Oh man, that's ridiculous. He looked so formal as well. He was like, yes, I'm here to uh, come in for the job. It's like, great, this is not a black tie job. And why are you insisting on being interviewed at night, sir? Look, don't even question it. And why have you brought us to the symphony for your interview? Look, ignore my sword and ignore the backdrop. Although his true origin is heavily implied during various cutscenes, Aricado's identity is never openly revealed within the game. For example, Yoko, Yoko Belnardis almost says his real name before correcting herself. Huh. That's interesting. That's stupid. Oh, man. He's got the power of the sword familiar, which uh, we were talking about earlier. The, the summon sword ability. Which is just... A sword which sword? is free will and generally attacked on its own without being wielded in its owner's hand. Nice. So is that his sword or is that a different sword? I think it's his sword. Okay. All right. I'm down for it. So... I did, I did a bit of research about this and you may, and by research, uh, you may, those of you who follow the JoJo's podcast Twitter may have seen some extensive retweets about various bits of media where people realise that various anagrams for Dracula, uh, Dracula? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, obviously Alucard being Dracula backwards is the big one. Uh, mm-hmm. First used in the 1943 film Son of Dracula. They made the name Alucard by selling Drac by spelling Dracula backwards. I'm impressed. You can't make up that kind of creativity. <laughs> Could you imagine living in that time and being like Alucard hadn't been made up yet? Like Dracula had. Son of Dracula probably exists in some media, mm-hmm. but Alucard doesn't exist yet. You've opened the floodgates for everyone to just go. What's King Kong backwards? <laughs> Like, just imagine the sheer the creativity. The creature of the Black Lagoon backwards. Ah, uh, yes. The newgal uh Ray... And here's me trying to do the same thing with Frankenstein, <laughs> failing miserably. <laughs> it's like, every single movie producer at the time... Quick, what is every single English word backwards? that's going to take a long while, boss. I don't give a shit. In this film, Alucard is the son of Count Dracula, King of the Vampires, making himself the Prince of the Vampires, though he's later revealed to be Dracula himself. (laughs) What? God fucking damn it. No one knows what Dracula looks like. Uh, In the film, Drac Alucard is a middle-aged man invited to the United States where he meets Catherine Caldwell, a woman who secretly dates and marries him. However, her Mm. jealous boyfriend, Frank Stanley, attempts to kill Alucard, uh, but the bullets pass right through Alucard and hit Catherine. (gasps) Because, of course, that famous vampire power is bullets go through them. Yeah, well, when you're a creature of the night. (laughs) News of the incident reaches Professor Laszlo, who immediately suspects this may be a case of vampirism. Meanwhile, Alucard turns Catherine into a vampire. When confronted, Catherine says she still loves Frank but wanted immortality and tells him how to destroy Alucard. Frank sets Alucard's coffin on fire, killing him. Wait, what happens to Catherine? I gotta say, based on how this Wikipedia synopsis sets out the plot of this movie, Alucard sounds like the good guy. I mean... He just wanted to love this woman who was using him to get immortality. Then this arsehole tried to kill him and, like, after a horrible accident where his wife died, he brought her back. Yeah. He's not doing anything wrong. I mean... I don't know. It depends on the rules of being brought back to life, right? She's already dead, though. I guess. At Frank's... And she's she's evidently still a vampire with an independent personality. Yeah, but if he wasn't a vampire, he would have been the one that died and we would have been all good. (laughs) Would have been a lovely love story. We wouldn't have to deal with all these horrible themes like vampires. Alucard also appears in the Helsing manga, where again, he is just Dracula, but he is also Vlad Tepesh in the literal sense. What, as in Vlad the Impaler? Yeah. Ah, there you go. Is that why in like the first episode of Helsing Ultimate, he's like, God, I love putting heads on pikes. Probably. <laughs> yep. So we've got Alucard. He's with the team. He's up in the mix. He's a guy. He's got some magic powers. He's really gaunt. He's really beautiful. And he has a long, He's got a sort of Streamy scar. Alien dignity to him. Mmm. Like, uh... And also, he doesn't wear a shirt and he wears tight leather pants. (laughs) I just love... When he put his coat on, when they were, like, just leaving, I thought, is he not going to put a shirt on? He got dressed so quickly. Such an elaborate coat. Oh, you know, he's been doing it for hundreds of years, (laughs) I assume. And he has a vampire super speed. Mmm. That's true. Yep. So, Nick, highlights and lowlights for this episode. My highlight is going to have to be just the fight sequence between Trevor and Alucard. Mm-hmm, that's good. Because content. it's just so fucking good. And like just that build up of them just trying to like one up one another, being like, yeah, but I'm a Belmont. Yeah, but I'm Alucard. Yeah, but I'm a Belmont. I yeah, but I'm these, Alucard. I got all these Belmont tricks. Oh, yeah, well, I got all these Dracula tricks. Exactly. And it's just good. It's just fun to watch. Your highlight. Actually, this episode does a really good job of establishing the sort of like uh, credentials of each of our three protagonists, and mm. gives them each a moment to shine. It's that two of the two of those people it's, they're fighting each other, <laughs> and uh, Whereas Cypher is just killing all demons all the time. Yeah, Cypher has magic powers. Yeah. <laughs> Your highlight? Uh, my highlight is probably, as I as I praised it earlier in the episode, the um, Trevor leads the townsfolk against the demons mm. sequence. Why do you like that bit so much? I think I explained earlier why I like it so much. Because holy water pikes. Well, not what I said, but okay. I can't remember. It was so long ago. What's your low light, though, Liam? Oh, good question. Good episode. I know what my low light oh, is. Oh, please go on. Pretty easy to pick. Mm-hmm. The entire platforming bit after the really? uh, the fall. Just because as soon as they fall, it's like... Really more falling, just more I think falling. I think the fall itself is probably my low light, though mm. once that's happened, I don't mind the platforming at all. Well, the platforming is so inconsequential because they just fall again. It's like we could have just removed all of that and skipped right to the bit that we needed. Then they would have fallen to their deaths, though. Well, Cipher did use wind magic the first time, so they didn't that's fall true to their that death. was a good bit. They were falling and um and they did the second Trevor time. whipped Cipher and pulled her in and, mm. so they, and then she used wind magic to cushion their blow exactly. So it's like they could have just done that once. I mean, it was probably a bigger fall the first time, you know, yeah. We could just skip that entire section and it would have had nothing to do with anything else. So when you're doing the um, the windfall safety technique, uh, if you do it uh, just in the right coordinates over Mm -hmm. here, you can actually skip the whole subsequent platforming section. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was a tech found by uh, Big Man Cheese. Just a big shout out to uh, Big Man Cheese. He's really been leading the Castlevania community. Big Man Cheese. What a guy. Love that guy. Of course, he did say some terrible stuff on his Twitch stream. Yeah, we don't talk about him anymore. We are in the process of denouncing him. Yeah. Uh, But don't worry, we're slowly deleting his life one step at a time. We swatted him the other day. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Nick, um, this brings us to the end of season one of Castlevania. Yes. We will be continuing with Castlevania through to the end of season three. Mm -hmm. However, um, the new episodes of Thus Spoke Kishibe Rohan are officially out in (gasps) in Japan. Yes. So we will do those as soon as we can get subtitled versions of them. Mm. My hope is that we can do them next week uh, so that it'll be a nice season break for one and two of Castlevania. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be dependent on the availability of those episodes. So stay tuned, listeners. If you're a fan subber listening to this right now... Give us that fast-tracked content, baby. <laughs> just Just send it right through to us and be like, they're half right. Um, there might be some subtitle bits missing but the core is there. The most important ridiculous parts there will be like good this we can work with this. Nick I've seen a screen cap or two from one of the episodes I'm not sure which and I think it's going to make you pretty happy. Our listeners can't see me nodding but I'm nodding so happy right now cuz every time you've said that about JoJo's I've been like good. <laughs> good. This is good content. And until that time to, to be, be continued. continued. Ivete